Hello everyone, I'm Mark Cooper and welcome to our latest Rethink Energy podcast. The renewables transition is rapidly accelerating. Global installed capacity of solar, onshore and offshore wind is predicted to quadruple between 2021 to 2030. And herein lies the challenge. The renewable sector is already struggling to find enough energy workers with the skills needed to maintain current progress. In actual figures, McKinsey predicts the global renewables industry will need a total of 1.1 million workers to install wind and solar plants, and another 1.7 million to operate and maintain them by 2030. Solar Power Europe reported last year that for the EU to meet its energy security targets, in 2030 the bloc must employ over 1 million solar workers, twice as many as in 2021. With a massive scaling and expansion, a looming skills crisis is posing a serious risk to the energy transition and, in turn, climate goals. Why is there such a big skills gap in one of the most dynamic and fastest growing industries in the world, and what do we need to do to bridge this gap? Joining me to discuss this are Sander Bozic, Head of HR for EMEA, together with Jose Viscard, Head of Grids for EMEA. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and don't forget to check out other podcasts and content at rethinkenergy.com. Welcome to you both. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me to this, to, this, to this podcast, and it's a pleasure to, to be here today. Thanks, both. Now, we have quite a lot of ground to cover, so we'll jump straight in. And I'll go back to those McKinsey figures. I mean, they find that between now and 2030, the renewables industry will need an additional 1.1 million workers to develop and construct wind and solar parks, 1.7 million workers to operate and maintain them, 1.3 million additional workers in a whole variety of office um, and support roles. I mean, and the list goes on. Where is all this demand coming from? What's driving this demand? And what are we seeing as um, the skills that are most in demand both now and, and moving forward? These are indeed a huge number, as you mentioned, Mark. The renewable energy sector growth, which is driven by climate and energy crisis, is driving the renewable energy transition at a pace we didn't experience before. For this reason, we need to hire many skilled workers who are also in demand in other industries at the moment, such as the construction or automotive industry. As a result, we already uh, we're already struggling to find enough uh, workers to maintain current progress. That means also that we are competing with established sectors uh, which benefit from their existing infrastructures, expertise and policies. Uh, what would you like to add, Jose? Yeah. Hi, Sandra. Uh, yeah, I think you made a, a very valid point and it's, it is in line with what Mark said before. I think what happens now is that this is something we have never experienced before. And in a way, we, we are some sort of overwhelmed, you know. So um, in the grid uh, business, um, we have been suffering um, supply chain crisis from, from 2021, uh, which has been more acute with the Ukrainian uh, war crisis. Um, now we have uh, issues everywhere with long reconnection queues uh, everywhere. I mean, I cannot tell you any single country where this is not an issue. And finally, we have this shortage, this skill shortage that we are also suffering. If you if, if you allow me to say, um, focusing on the on the grid on the grid aspects, I think grid is one of the areas uh, where skill shortage is more than a problem. Yeah? There are various reasons, and frankly speaking, electrical engineering has not been the most attractive degree 
and and the number of students has always remained low. Just to give an example, when I during when I studied electrical engineering, the master's degree in Valencia, we were only eight people. Yeah? We could compare to mechanical engineers; they were over hundred. Uh, but it is true to say that electrical engineering has not been always, let's say, the most preferred degree. Yeah? But on the other hand, now there are not so many great degrees. I mean, there is no any master, um, master's engineer's degree in grid or you can find power systems. There are some initiatives for uh, in Scotland, for example, for uh, master, uh, master engineering degree for smart grids. But uh, it's, it's, it's not something you learn at the university. So grid is a, it's a very specific area. Okay. And the only way that for students to have their first contact with grid is through the first professional experience. That's that's a reality. So uh, it's, it's not an easy it's, it's not an, an easy task. Um, that's right, that's right. I also can add that, like um, um, you're right. I just said uh, to add to this, which is sad, is this mean for us, right, as an HR um, uh, in uh, department in an organization, that we need to hire people also from different sectors and also a people at headcount, which are from other industry. Um, however, we know that there are lots of skills we can learn on, on the job, right? And um, uh, people with uh, different skills also bring fresh air and fresh views into our organization. And we can also benefit from them, right? The other point is also that we at Viva RE uh, and also in the renewable energies, there is a, a limited, a very limited talent pool um, and job seekers outside are furiously fought over. For this reason, it's not only a challenge to attract them, but also to keep our employees. So this means for us that we have to take care about our employees and to take care about career development opportunities for our employees. So can you maybe share something from your experience, from your team? Yeah, um, I think... One of the points that makes Baiba different from from our competitors or other companies uh, into the same business is that most of the key activities we undertake them internally. So, in other words, we don't rely on external companies. I'm talking about some specific uh, activities, for example, basic design, uh, feed design, detail design. The, the same applies for for the solar projects uh, uh, entity as well. So. We have a large team of, of engineers, of grid engineers, and because we are in the full life cycle of a project, that means that when we hire grid engineers, we're not only competing against IPP or developers. We're also competing against consultancy companies and engineering companies. And that makes this talent competition very, very, very difficult. And I guess we've always been competing against these other other sectors, other industries. And I think you mentioned the automotive one, obviously, is something well-established and a well-trodden career path. But it sounds like the issue is or has been made so much um, more or worse or acute because of the speed at which now we need to accelerate, the speed at which the transition needs to grow to, to achieve and, and meet climate goals has made an already, you know, a skills gap much more significant. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although I've, sometimes during the recruitment process, I feel that we are in a race, that every single week counts. Yeah, if, if uh, I mean, 
again, we cannot compare to what we've experienced before. But now, I mean, the recruiting process needs to be efficient and effective. We have to move very fast. And as I said, any single week of delay that that make a difference, you know. So it's very challenging, yeah. And are there geographical differences here? You know, are, are we seeing needs being more acute in particular regions, or Europe, the Americas, APAC, or, or is this just generally a, you know, a, a global issue? Yeah, right. This challenge is really global, like across EMEA, Americas, and APEC. We see the biggest needs for renewable employees in Europe and countries like Germany, France, Italy, Spain, and UK, uh, but also US and Thailand. As you know, Viva RE is active in many areas of renewable energies, such as project development, services, PV wholesale. We see a need in almost all areas and project phases. The largest currently for specialists in the field of IT, as well as monitoring and maintenance of wind, solar, or e-mobility projects. For professional groups with a technical background, we draw of same talent pools as classic energy suppliers, like automotive industry or large IT companies. And this is an um, issue, like I mentioned. So we really have less talent outside than we need. I think... Yeah, we do need those. Uh, I'm talking about from the grid team perspective. Yeah, we do need those resources everywhere globally. And we have the same issue everywhere globally. The only difference is that there are some countries where these talent identification or talent, or talent attraction or recruitment process is much more challenging than others. In our grid, te in our grid team, there is a correlation between team size and country pub. Okay, so our biggest teams are located in Germany, Spain, and UK, and we experience difficulties when, when hiring people. I can give you some examples. For example, in Germany, it is not easy to, to, to find a great people, as there are over 800 distribution network operators or utilities that need grid planners, grid engineers, uh, construction managers. In Spain, there is a huge race to complete over 50 gigawatts uh, of wind and solar by mid-2025 because of the, uh, the there's a, there's a um, deadline in uh, in June 2025 to reach uh, mechanical completion. And this is extremely human resource intense. In the UK, we have a similar situation. Um, so it's, it happens everywhere. The difference also... The difference could you can find a difference in the new markets, and we do have an additional challenge, and and that challenge is that power is not hundred percent settled in those new markets. You cannot compare, you cannot compare Germany to any new markets where we are exploring opportunities. So that's the reason why in these new markets we normally entry with external grid consultants, and and we have a defined strategy there. And remember something: a grid has been found recently as the key facilitator for the renewable integration. That's something that finally has been acknowledged. And we can certainly say that grid profiles has been traditionally placed in, in the utilities, either in the uh, distribution network operator or transmission system operators. So let's say that there's a new concept of a grid engineer uh, into the renewable sector, and that activity of hiring new people is extremely challenging. And Jose, as, as you mentioned, I mean, that, uh, 
getting the grid, increasing the grid, increasing capacity, um, developing um, new transmission lines. I mean, the the amount of work needed and the time needed if we are going to, you know, achieve climate goals, keep the transition accelerating at the pace needed is 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 huge. I mean, from from where we are now, um, do you see the the kind of time frame for achieving climate goals? A lot of those twenty twenty thirty targets we were talking about and the number of employees that are going to be needed from where we are now today are you are you seeing that as being achievable um for the for the grid sector or are we already in a case of you know we're moving too slowly too late there are serious concerns that uh that the grid will be not ready for the net zero goals why is that well because most of the let's say european network like in countries like countries in the UK, Germany, Spain, that network, that transmission network was built around the 1970s. And this has not been much upgrade on, on, on those assets. You know, we have seen new highways everywhere, new roads, you know, um, urban development areas and so on. But that's, that does not apply to the, to the grid. So, yeah, we do have serious concerns that, 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 that the upgrade of the grid will not will not follow the net zero targets that we have. And that's why we're talking about flexibility. That's why we're talking about uh, storage. That's why we're talking about any other measures, acknowledging that the deployment of this infrastructure will not be ready. And for that, we need people. And we need people in the on the utility side, and we do need people on the developers or IPP side. So... And that's another challenge. So there's also competition when hiring people with the uh, utility sector. And then given those complexities, given those challenges, I mean, you know, what can we do? What are we doing at Biva RE? What can the sector, the industry do? Um, How do we kind of um, address this challenge, attract new talent, and as you mentioned, importantly, then, then retain it? Yeah. So, as we all know, our greatest asset are obviously our employees. So, what we do, um, we try to be um, very attractive for our talents, but also to retain our current talent. Um, We are, for example, committed to a flexible and international model to face rapid growth in our organization and to, to stay competitive on the market. We train our people on job and we have established in-house learning and exchange formats to reach that upskilling goal. And we empower personal and professional growth of our employees. We also offer lots of different opportunities to our um, employees to to develop their strengths and their interests. And we help them to build skills to move from one department to another and to gain experience abroad and to grow uh, their career in this way. What is also great for organization and where we um, see uh, potential and where we see that we can attract people from outside is obviously our purpose, like for our planet. So this is very meaningful and um, we can attract lots of talents with our purpose and we communicate this attitude uh, internally and externally. 
so that we are able to attract highly motivated and ambitious talents and to grow together with them. And, and obviously that's what we can do as a, individual businesses. How do you see that more broadly in terms of, you know, um, how policymakers need to do um, the educational establishment? I mean, if this is a, you know, a, a sector-wide problem, a global problem, then obviously, you know, the industry or individual companies can't solve it by themselves. There's, there's got to be a, you know, a, a, a bigger um, coordination, collaboration across different parts of business and um, and government and education if we're really going to um, address this in the time needed. This is, like I said, that there's no way we can fix this problem very fast, right? So we have to do some significant changes in our, our politics, like in and to carefully plan how to change our education and trading program, training programs. So we will need to transfer, transfer skills from the other sectors and um, this cannot happen fast, right? Together with Solar Power Europe and with Europe, we um, are very engaged that we try to identify the concrete upskilling and reskilling measures uh, needed to achieve our ambitious goals and targets. That means that we are trying to change our, our laws and we also placed some of our demands with regards to EU policy this year in March, where um, I was able to present our needs for changes in front of EU Commission. I can give you some examples of what we asked for, right? And maybe three most important ones are we would like to have or to establish an easier cross-border hiring and posting processes uh, for our employees. That means that we need clear regulations for individual and corporate taxes, social security, employment law and insurances. We would like to have a further development of workforce assignment, for example, A1, and to have a framework for posting of our employees. Then we also asked uh, for harmonization of the processes. We asked for creation of more EU-wide industry standards, for EU cross-border acceptance of national certificates, as well as more flexibility for Europe-wide hosting concepts, which would make our lives easier. And as a third demand, we ask for more EU-wide initiatives for training and upskilling programs. So what we ask for is obviously to establish an EU degree for engineering at universities and to have some EU support for vocational trainings in the field of manufacturing electricity for energy roles. And the last point was that we really need fundamental upskilling programs across the industries to fuel skilled workers for renewable industry. So these are the demands we set together with um, our competitors uh, in front of the EU Commission this year. So uh, nowadays we work together and on a task force, right? And then try to put the proposal for the EU Commission. And let's see, I really hope that we can 
that we can move something outside. And all those points are are well made. And 2023 is the European Year of Skills and the EU's new Green Deal Industrial Plan lists skills as its um, third pillar. Um, Jose, just picking up on, on what Sander said there, you know, how are you seeing that? How are you seeing, you know, what needs to be done, what needs to be attract more skilled workers? You know, is it happening? What else? What else would you do? And do you think those calls to um, European um, commissioners are, are being heard? Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to focus on on the last point covered by by Sanda about the EU, EU initiative for regarding training in upskilling programs. As I said before, great knowledge normally is built on the on your first work or your first job. Sorry. So, for me, it's important that knowledge is created directly from the university. How this can be achieved, I think we need, or Europe, the European Union needs to create uh, new uh, grid-related master degrees. I think we need to strengthen uh, the relationship between university and industry, which is something has been, in some countries, is a bit weak or it's a bit disconnected. And I mean, I can give you some examples that we have in our grid team. So we have uh, master thesis uh, students in, 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 in our team. Actually, we have two at the moment. And I think one, one of the initiatives which I found also quite useful and productive is the creation of new university chairs between industry and university with a special focus on, on high voltage and, and grid connection. How we think we attract candidates so in my recent experience, I think one of the aspects that attract candidates the most is the fact that Baiba Ari is are present in the whole life cycle of a project. So from very early phase, origination until the end of life cycle. Passing through development, uh, tendering, execution or delivery, and O&M. And not only this, uh, Baiba Ari's pipeline includes wind, solar, battery storage, uh, offshore wind, hydrogen. So I think that's something very attractive for a candidate being part of our selection process. So in our specific case of grid department, although most of the grid team work locally in the respective countries, they are part of a wider EMEA team. So they are part of, of the grid EMEA team. And we recently launched the subject matter expert initiative where we have identified experts in several electric engineering areas. And that expertise is shared across all the countries. So that means that you can be working on your own country, but if you're a subject matter expert in one topic, and then let's say UK needs you, then you will be there. So we have that community. We have that knowledge shared. So they feel that they are part of a much wider international community, which could also bring future mobility opportunities. So a question, yeah, to, to you both. I mean, if I am interested in a job, in the renewables industry, you know, what can I do? Do you have some? Do you have some tips and some hints as to how um, how I can get involved in the sector? So right now we offer almost eighty positions where young professionals could be a great fit, as we operate with a company value. Come as you are, we are very diverse team at work. So, um, as you know, we are present in more than 30 countries, more than 100 nationalities are working together. So, different skill sets and experience level are to be seen through our legal entities. So, we also like to learn from each other. So, we welcome people from various backgrounds who might not have been in the renewable space either. 
So if you study renewables, take a look at our job board. If you work in another industry and look for a job with a real purpose, look at our job board again. Never stop learning. That's one of our messages we gladly bring across. Yeah, so f- from the Greek perspective, I would strongly recommend to someone interested in, in the Greek connection or high voltage world to focus their career into this field. In Greek teams, um, you can find not only le- electrical engineers, but also mechanical engineers, civil engineers, energy engineers, power systems engineers, planners. So there's no specific degree which would make you become a grid engineer. If I have to say something very specific, if I would have to give some tips, would be on the manufacturing industry. The current demand for high voltage equipment is extremely high. We don't only see a supply chain issue, but the major contributing factor is a skill mismatch. So there's also a skill shortage in the manufacturing industry of high voltage equipment. Well, we are up on time. Um, thank you both uh, for joining me. Obviously, we can, could keep talking and, and a lot more to discuss and clearly a hugely important issue that we're going to be talking more about um, in the months to come. Um, thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for your time and this opportunity. Thank you, Mark. Uh, thanks for, for, for this invitation and for this opportunity to to share in our our thoughts on these uh, skill shortages. So we are up on time on another Rethink Energy podcast. Thanks again to Sanda and Jose um, for joining me. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out other podcasts and content at rethink-energy.com and speak to you all again soon. Bye-bye.